Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast. This one is highly requested. I have been asked to do a podcast on twin flames many a times, and today, finally, it is here. It is not me who will be teaching the twin flame experience and journey, but Cheryl Muir, who is the catalyst for twin flame healing and ascension. Her whole life is dedicated to the art of twin flaming. After meeting her twin, In 2017 and navigating her own dark night of the soul, Cheryl noticed the lack of practical and helpful information out there on navigating the twin flame journey. Fusing the traditional with the spiritual, Cheryl's healing modalities include coaching, guided meditations, intuitive channeled messages, as well as her own twin flame teachings. Cheryl has been featured by the BBC, the Huffington Post, Elephant Journal, and Tiny Buddha, as well as Plenty of Fish and Go Dates, the blogs. So today's podcast, you'll hear this later, but we actually recorded an episode all about Twin Flames and Soulmates. Uh, At this point now, it was probably around last October when I was living in Portland. And wow, we, the audio, unfortunately, was really bad. And so we were super bummed because we could not air it because it kept coming in and out, in and out, in and out. And we'll talk about that later when she comes on again today. But I'm really happy that that happened, actually, because it gave us the opportunity to come back on here. And she came fresh with new teachings, new ideas, and new perspectives on the Twin Flame journey. And I I love this topic of the Twin Flames because I'm surprised by how many people still don't really know what Twin Flames are. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day, asking her if if she had a Twin Flame, if she's met a Twin Flame, and... Um, when I gave her a little bit more insight on what twin flames are, she was like, oh, I don't I don't think I've had that. And I think a lot of people match up with soulmates and think those are twin flames, but later on they discover that maybe it's more of a soulmate. So you can judge what your experiences have been with your own partners based off of what you hear in today's episode with Cheryl Muir. And I really want you to soak this one up because this is really, at least for me, really exciting stuff. I have so much fun learning about relationships, obviously, the feminine and the masculine, and also the kinds of connections we have with people. And it gives some sort of really lovely explanation when we meet someone in our life that has almost an indescribable, you have an indescribable connection with. And that's what at least my twin flame relationship has felt like. I really didn't know how to describe it. It was so magical and also so, so opening in so many different ways, sometimes in ways that felt very painful and sometimes in ways that felt very blissful. And I am very curious to hear your thoughts on this episode and your own experiences with either soulmates or twin flames. If you would like to get a free audiobook, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash mindbodymusings and get a book maybe on twin flames, maybe on soulmates, maybe on astrology. But anything you want that is an audiobook can be found on Audible, and anyone who listens to the podcast can get a free book on me. The other thing I'd like to mention before we dive in is that the Embodied Archetype Retreat is halfway 
filled, y'all. Halfway filled. We're taking 20 people at this event. It's going to be bigger than some events I've done in the past, and it's also going to be very different. It is going to be a fusion of polarity and embodiment work and going into your body and moving energy around and feeling the feels and shadow work. It's going to be fusing with shadow work, going into the parts of ourselves that we often deny or repress. And the third level is vocal work, voice work, clearing the throat chakra and storytelling. So we're we're going to have some actors at this event, some people who are actors or on the road to acting or singing or anywhere in the arts, maybe dancing. Because Jamie, my co-teacher, comes from the acting world. He is an actor, a director, a producer. And we're also going to have people that have no interest in that at all, who do embodiment work or who just want to step into new versions of themselves and be excited about shadow work and to feel more liberated. At the end of the day, whether you're into acting or personal development or embodiment or into none of this, but you're just a living, breathing human being, most of us all want to be liberated. And that's what this does. Acting liberates, storytelling liberates, shadow work liberates, embodiment liberates. And Jamie and I, uh, I think that we have a pretty special co-teaching ability in the way that we harmonize all of our gifts together. And like all of my other retreats, we are speaking and leaning into and diving deep with every applicant. Many of them have actually done coaching with me in the past or have come to a retreat already. And Jamie is slowing down with everyone who feels like they would be a really good fit for this retreat to explain more about what the embodied archetype is all about. So if you're interested in attending this event, it will be November 15th to 17th here in New York City. Go ahead and head on over to maddiemoon.com forward slash event and you'll see an application there. Fill it out. It's very brief. I will receive that and I will slow down with you via email to see if this feels like a good fit, answer any preliminary questions you may have, and then glide you into Jamie's calendar so y'all can have a time to slow down and speak together. Let me know if you have any questions on that. And I believe that's all I want to share in this intro. I, I have my birthday coming up, you know, but be good totally just sliding that in my birthday's coming up me 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 um i'm very excited so when you listen to this i will be about to be heading to pensacola because me and my mom have a birthday three days apart and we want to be on the beach and we want to have some sunshine and we want to be drinking fancy summertime fruity drinks together and We're going to be celebrating our birthdays together with my sister and my father. So if you would like to follow along our ridiculous adventures, because if you know what my family unit is like, it is it is pretty intense. We are a whole bunch of fire signs in one room together, and it's just really a blast. So go on over to Instagram at Madeline Moon to follow along our family trip if you would like. Otherwise, enjoy this episode on twin flames and soulmates and head on over to my Instagram to just leave a comment on the image for this podcast. Letting me know, have you met your twin your twin flame before? Have you met a soulmate before? What was that experience like? Did you feel more healed after it or did you feel a little bit traumatized after it? Would love to continue the conversation there. And without further ado, let's listen to the beautiful insight from Cheryl Muir. (laughs) 
Cheryl, it's so amazing to finally have you back on the podcast. Um, The episode that I recorded with you six months ago was gold. It was so, so, so good. And I felt so on fire after our conversation, which made me so devastated that the audio turned out to be so bad and we couldn't use it. And I remember talking on... Instagram letting everyone know I just had this amazing conversation with Cheryl Muir all about twin flames and soulmates and oh man it was so good and then everyone's like yes 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 we can't wait we can't wait and then turns out audio wasn't good but we're so 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 glad to have you back where we can have this conversation but as we were talking about before this podcast even better and even deeper because we're both in different Mm -hmm. places now so so excited Thank you for having me back. And you know what? Maybe our first conversation was meant just for you. So I'm glad it worked out that way. Totally. I got all this I got all this knowledge and wisdom and I got to just kind of hoard it and keep it to myself. And then now <laughs> we get to share it with the world. Now we can share it. In total Leo style where I'm just like, me, me, me. Okay, now everyone else. Um, <laughs> so how have you been? Where are you right now? Have you moved? Are you in the same place? I am in the same geographical place, not in the same energetic place as we all do. I've grown and expanded and evolved and all kinds of things. Uh, so I'm based in the Lake District in England, which is a beautiful part of the country. I feel like I'm slightly working for British tourism right now, but it's a gorgeous corner of the world. And yeah, you know, the past six months have been amazing. I've slightly changed my direction in business. So I don't focus on twin flames solely anymore. I focus on relationships in general. So I'm really a relationship pattern interrupter. I look at what is it you're doing in relationships? Where does that come from? And how do we heal that? Because you're not devastated that he didn't call back. It reminds you of a wound. It reminds you of, you know, your dad leaving at five years old or whatever the case might be for whomever it is this is coming up for. So that's what I'm more focused on now. Twin flames absolutely are brought to the table often because it's relevant and people love to hear about it. And it's something that I've been through. But yeah, my work's kind of evolved, you know, as it does, as we evolve, it's evolved with me. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I love hearing that evolution in business is one of the most exciting things, I think, because it I mean, first off, the the logistics of it, you're reaching a, a bigger audience and people that will connect with you. And I think Twin Flames is so fascinating and interesting, but relationships, it, it just is so much deeper. It's endless. It's a sea of need. We all need, no matter where you are in your life or in your marriage or in your singlehood, no matter where you are, there is something to be learned about relationships from from now till the day you die. A thousand percent. And it, it impacts everything. So if you've got funky dating stuff, it's not even about dating. Like you're probably codependent with friends too, or you probably attract those kind of weird coworkers who try and leech off of you and cling on to you. Like it, it's literally your connection with every other human being. And as you just said so beautifully, it is huge. It impacts everything. Before we go into twin flames and soulmates, because that is what we're going to be focusing on today, and I'm so excited for it. I want to know, outside of that realm, what are you currently musing about? What has you very interested and excited in life? Oh, that's such a juicy question. Um, I know, I love it. (laughs) There's the fun answer, like, you know, I really love working out at the gym and nutrition, and that's true. But I'm actually, (laughs) I'm such a nerd. I really, I'm getting into gardening at the moment. Like, my, my north node in Taurus is loving it, like, 
planting in the garden and seeing it grow like that just lights me up so I'm I'm getting into gardening which I never thought I would say 20 year old Cheryl in the club crying over a guy getting blackout drunk on vodka would not have thought that in my early 30s I would be thrilled about gardening but that's that's what's occurring and there's something really spiritual about it like being with the earth seeing things grow nourishing the earth being nourished from the earth it just it feels so good to me on a soul level and my ego is like that's boring that's not fun to talk about but it feels really good to me um yeah yeah, I'm loving it yeah I can tell like you're with you laughing at it and like the way that you feel about gardening like but here I'm thinking (laughs) like I I find it funny how you're laughing about your gardening thing because to me it's so not nerdy and it's like so beautiful and it's kind of like as you said it's spiritual and I even think I don't know why but I think about witches when I think about gardening because they're all like in the Mm. forest and in the woods and they're planting things and I'm pretty sure thousands of years ago if you were seen maybe not thousands but a long time ago, if you were seen probably speaking to your plants, you would be burned, right? So it's kind of witchy. Yeah. Like I think it more so than just spiritual. It's like a way that you're, uh, you're, you're creating, you're casting a spell, and then you get to eat it. It's like a potion that you're making. It's yeah, I love that you said that. It's so fun. So I actually planted some um, coriander today, which in American, I in, in in Canadian as well. I lived in Canada, so I kind of know all the lingo. Um, cilantro, I think, is what it is. I think that's what it's called. Oh, over there. So I just planted that today. So yeah, I'm planting herbs. There's a little bit of a herb garden. So that's even more witchy, isn't it? Yeah, I love this. I love cilantro. I'm one of the the fortunate people who get to taste cilantro and it doesn't taste like soap. Those poor mm, You know, that's it. a thing, right? It, what? Some Okay, so some people have a certain <laughs> okay, gene. Some people have a certain gene where when they eat cilantro, it tastes like soap. That's really strange. How mm-hmm. awful, too, because it's so delicious. I know everyone listening to this that has this. I'm so sorry. <sighs> it's, it's like that purple dress, gold dress thing. Do you remember that oh, whole thing? Oh, yes. That, yeah, that's a real throwback. It's like that. How strange. And there, it, yeah, the Yanni Laurel thing. I think that's how it went. Yanni Laurel. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. The yeah. Which one do you hear? I know it's bizarre, isn't it? Okay. This conversation took a turn. Um, <laughs> I love it. So... <laughs> Can, can you tell us a little bit about the, the journey and the story behind you finding your twin flame? I am super fascinated to hear this again. And, and just what led to now the work you're doing in, in relationships, relationships, excuse me, as well? Mm, yeah, where do I start? So I guess a good place to start is to say that just right off the bat, I'm, I'm really protective of him and the connection and... And so I might have to not share as many details as I normally would. I'm a classic oversharer. I love sharing about my journey. But when it involves someone else that I care about, I'm really conscious of not revealing details that are personal to him. So that's the the disclaimer, I guess you would say. Um, but I met him two years ago. And it was something that I knew was going to happen. Um, I'd actually channeled a book uh, that I published in 2016. And I met him uh, six months to the day after that book was released. And in the book, I channeled a character called Devon, who was very much like the twin flame that I met. And so when I was writing this book, it was fiction, very dark, very Scorpio energy. I have Scorpio rising and a lot of Scorpio in my chart. So, you know, very, very sexy, very dark, very shadowy, really fun to write. And when I was writing this character, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a psychic and I'm like, there's something about this character that doesn't 
feel fictional and she's like your soul knows him you've known him before and I thought oh it's someone I'm channeling from a past life not a big deal like I'm sure other writers do this it's fine and then I met him and when I was about to meet him like a few days before I got the message like this is where you meet him because it was somewhere that we we met mutually and when I met him it was oh my gosh it was like the whole cliche sparks fly lightning magnetism it was like looking at myself but like a male version of me is the only way I can describe it and that sounds really romantic and fairy tale like however what transpired between then and now more or less is a really deep cleansing purging shedding process where we triggered one another in the most intense way possible. Not in a way that either of us was hurting the other person intentionally, but things we would do and say would trigger the other person. So I had an abandonment wound. So guess what? He disappeared for long periods of time, which triggered the abandonment wound that I then healed. Um, and it, I'm in a really beautiful place now with it. And I look at it and I'm, I'm so grateful for the connection and I'm so grateful to him for being such an important part of my journey. And there's so much love in that connection. It's beautiful. But when I was deep in it, I went into a dark night of the soul and I was not having a good time. And I really want to really explain that and let people know if you're listening now and you're in that dark night, it gets better and the light will the light will be there again. It's just the lights have gone out because right now there's something you need to find on a soul level, on a personal and human level too. And so the, the lights go out so that you can find it. My Dark Night of the Soul was probably about a year to a year and a half. There was a it's kind of like Mercury retrograde. There was a shadow period. So it was started just before I met my twin flame. And then there was a period where it was sort of phasing out. So it was about 18 months-ish. And it was as a Virgo moon at 28 degrees, I loved the efficiency of it because it packed in probably, I would say like five years of healing work into 18 months. So it was very efficient, but it was extremely intense. Um, along with it came depression on a pretty serious level, um, which is connected to the dark night of the soul. And now I'm out of there. I look at that and I go, wow, that was divinely orchestrated. And how beautiful that because I came here to teach on relationships and it's all over my birth chart and it's been the biggest work of my life, how beautiful that I now get to teach on it. But holy hell, I had to go through some stuff to get here. So yeah, that's briefly a little bit about what it was like for me. Um, and I I'm really, you know, perhaps we'll get to this later, but I'm really urged to say to people, if you've met someone and you're thinking, I've literally never felt this before, I think I'm going crazy. Nobody knows what this is. It's probably a twin flame. So yeah, so that's my story. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I don't know if you shared the part about your um, your book with me in our in our last uh, episode that we Possibly recorded together. Not. No. Wow, that's really fascinating. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And he's read parts of it and he's like, whoa. <laughs> so something that I think a lot of people get confused about when they um, hear about Twin Flames is thinking that Twin Flames is like your soulmate, like a peaceful other half, lover, passionate romance, like the person you marry. 
And when I get on social media, I see half people. I mean, I'm, I'm of the mindset exactly what you are saying is that your twin flame is here for you to evolve and grow and be stretched and triggered AF. And then you heal and you, you move on and you don't get married. It's not the person you get married to. But every time I get on social media, there are still people that are like, I found my twin flame. We're in love and getting married. Um, being a, a speaker on, on this and talking about twin flames being such a strong pathway to healing and growth, how do you feel whenever you see so many people saying twin flames is like the love of their life, the person they're getting married to, and they're so glad they found them? Mm. Such, such a great observation because both of those things are true. Both things coexist. So hmm. There's a couple of things going on here. So one, the, the fact of the matter is a lot of people don't know what twin flame means and they use the term, like the term soulmate. A soulmate is someone, well, we have hundreds of soulmates. We have thousands of soulmates. Soulmates can be romantic. Soulmates can be soulmate friends. You can have soulmate family members, although family members are often a bit more karmic, actually. And we can get into what that means. Um, and pets. Pets. Pets, yes. Soulmate pets. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's that deep soul connection where you feel unconditional love and it's beautiful. The way I heard it described, and I, I forget who said this, but I think it's brilliant. Um, twin flames are here for lessons and soulmates are here for blessings. Mm, oh, yeah. And I, to balance it out because we need those yeah, blessings. You need the duality. However, here's the thing. And here's where people get kind of confused. So some twin flames do end up in a relationship and that's part of their soul contract and part of their journey. Some do not. And this is where it gets really complex. A lot of people that are saying twin flame, it's not a twin flame. It's someone more karmic. And that's someone that you heal from and move on. But some twins do end up together. So it's like this kind of convoluted, confusing thing. Um, the difference with twin flames is that there's only one of them. And that's the part that makes people spin out. And I think we talked about this last time, didn't we? Um, with twin flames, there's only one. And so because there's only one, they trigger you like no one else can. They are your mirror. They're your perfect mirror on a soul level and on a very human level. You trigger the shit out of each other. And because there's only one, people go, oh, so that is the one. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the one. That's the one who will wake you up. But the person you marry might not be that person. However, it might be. You know, and I, I, I'm not, the, I'm not the twin flame whisperer. I can't tell people like you get to marry your twin flame, you get to marry your twin flame, everyone gets to marry their twin flame. Like, <laughs> like I'm not Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, it's yeah, the like, twin flame of Oprah. That, yeah, I wish that I had those powers. I, how I, however, do not. Um, so what I would say to people is like, heal what hurts. You know, heal what hurts. And if you're like, oh my god, I can't be without this person, or I'm going to die, that's not healthy. And it actually doesn't matter whether it's a twin flame or a soulmate or whoever. It's not healthy to feel like you, you're not okay without someone. And and oftentimes a twin flame comes in to show us where we're clingy, needy, codependent, um, overgiving, not able to receive all of that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I hope that answers your question. It's a pretty oh, yeah. complex subject, and it's there's lots of layers to it. Can you explain the difference between how a, what what makes a twin flame and what makes a soulmate? Meaning, like, I've heard some people talk about, okay, well, a soulmate is when a soul splits before birth, like that kind of thing. I'm mm -hmm. interested in the more metaphysical happenings that make someone a soulmate energetically. Absolutely. So the image I was given from spirit with twin flames is that it's almost like. Um, you know, when you were kids and you played with like those little bubble wands, I'm not sure if this was the thing in the States, but it was in England. It's like you dip this little wand into this solution of bubbles or like, yeah. you know, dish soap or whatever. 
right? And you blow the bubbles. And sometimes there's two bubbles that are stuck together. And then those bubbles like separate. So that was the image I was given from spirit about what twin flames are. So you're, I used to teach on this and say twin flames are one soul in two bodies and the soul splits into two energetic counterparts, the mm. divine feminine and the divine masculine. And that's kind of true, but technically that would mean you had half a soul and that's not true. We we don't actually share a soul with our twin flame, but we're made out of the same um egg if you will and that egg splits a little bit like with um birth twins if you will you know identical birth twins you're made from the same stuff and then you separate into two different human beings same with twin flames metaphysically what's happening is the energy is splitting but you have your own soul because if you were sharing a soul that would mean you had the same past lives and you you have your own path you have your own karma you have your own dharma and it overlaps with a twin flame but it's almost like two concentric circles and how much those concentric circles overlap is like how much you're going to be in one another's lives and maybe you just overlap for a a little bit or maybe those circles are completely overlaid and because we're not god we don't know what part our twin flame will play in our lives but i'm personally of the opinion that if you both want to be in the relationship and you've both done the work and it's time and it's of the highest good for everyone involved then you absolutely can be in a relationship with them however I have friends who are in twin flame relationships and they say it is the hardest relationship I've ever been in. It's also the deepest love I felt, but this is not easy because there's this thing in the twin flame community of like, get into union. Your goal is to get into union with them as if that's like a magic potion. But that's really when a lot of work starts too. If you are with them, it's going to really challenge you and really push you up against your edges. And it's because of the metaphysical side that we were talking about, that you are so closely connected at a soul level that this person will really get under your skin because you're so connected. Does that make sense? Totally. I love the bubble image. Um, my mind is just kind of spinning off because I'm thinking like, well, what about when you die then? Like when when you die, do you then become one again? And are you the same bubble again? Because like with mm-hmm. my twin flame, which I'd be happy to share more about. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Like I'm just, I mean, I, what I was imagining is like seeing his little bubble, like in my little bubble when we die, just like come back together and be like, hey, what are you going to yeah. do in your next life? What are you going to do? I don't know. We'll find each other again. Because that's absolutely yeah. like just the imagery that, that comes up for that. Um, but before we go deeper into that, I want to hear about, okay, that's what twin flames are. Um, and then what about soulmates then? What makes a soulmate a soulmate? A soulmate to me, you know, it's really interesting. As we're talking, I've got my calendar up here. And um, it's uh, every month there's a different constellation in the stars. And what I'm looking at is... Uh, lots of um is a nebula and there's lots of different particles and it looks like you know pink and teal gases which is so funny because they're my branding colors spirit knows what it's doing um so there are all these different particles and stars and all of those different fragments are soulmates it's like we're made out of the same stuff but it's we're not as closely tied as twin flames are so instead of the um the bubble analogy it's more like you're a pot of glitter and there might be i don't know a couple of thousand pieces of glitter in this pot and they're all your soulmates so like you're made of the same stuff and you kind of look the same energetically but you're not connected you're not attached physically on an energetic level i don't know if that makes sense this is really hard to explain um but it's like you're made out of the same stuff the same particles but you're not you're not 
it's not like an egg splitting. It's like you're the same, made of the same cosmic material. That's the, the message they're giving me, the same cosmic material. So when you meet them, you're like, oh, you feel like home. And that's because they were made in, that their soul was made in the same place in the cosmos that you were. It's like soul family. You're from the same place. You were made in the same cosmic factory, if you like. You came from the same stuff, but you're not made from the same egg. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but that's that's kind it of how it is. So sense. I'm also yeah. thinking though, like, aren't we all coming from the same place? Like, all of us souls come from the same well, cosmic energy, the same exact place. Yeah, absolutely, we are. With soulmates, it's like a little bit closer though. It's like the you know we're all from. You could look at it this way: as humans, we're all on the earth. We're all born of the earth. I mean, we're we're not on a soul level, but like as humans, let's say we're all born from the earth, right? Um, but then there's some people that are from England and in England there are some p- people that are from Manchester it's like they're from your neighborhood that's kind of what it's like with soulmates they're from your neighborhood so we're all from the same place but they're from your particular part of town so you know you meet someone from your hometown and you're like oh my gosh you remember this place and that place and there's just that familiarity that's what it's like with soulmates because you're from the same part of the cosmos interesting okay I haven't heard that before so that's that's a new way for me to think about it um and when sometimes when I talk about soulmates I hear people say things like oh like I I just found I just found a soulmate or I just found a soulmate I think the guy I'm dating a soulmate it's it's almost as if sometimes I think like let me see if I can formulate this into words it feels like anyone you like could be a soulmate and if there's thousands of them that's actually that could be true yeah like the Mm. the um the ratio of soulmates that you have gone into a relationship with to people who you don't go into a relationship with. Like it's really, really possible if you have so many soulmates that anyone you are ready to go into a serious committed relationship with could be a soulmate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that's absolutely true. And here's really where my work comes into play. It's like, we have to be really careful. So like, it's really beautiful to understand like what is a soulmate what is a twin flame and where do they come from and that's really a really important foundational piece however like you're going to speak to different teachers and they're all going to have a different spin on this we're all basically saying the same thing but in a different way and actually does it really matter and it doesn't because we're here on earth and we're having a human experience and we know at soul level like where we go when our souls die we know what happens in the in-between worlds but it's humans like we chose to come here and have a human experience and so we have to be really really grounded as a human and think and this is my this is my Taurus and Virgo energy throughout my chart speaking but we need to ground it into earth because otherwise why would we come here to earth to to learn lessons unless um we're here to have a human experience so we need to like not make it get too too up in the cosmos because then we're like, what the fuck? Like I can't I can't understand this conceptually with my human mind. So what I come down to with people is does it matter that he's a soulmate? Does it matter that he's a twin flame? What do those terms mean to you? And if I was to to be the Oprah of twin flames and say, You have a soulmate here, you have a twin flame here, what would that mean to you? And what meaning are you assigning to the label? And let's dig into that from like a meat and potatoes coaching perspective. What's the association you have with twin flame and why, you know, if I said this person isn't your twin flame, would that be devastating for you? If so, why is that? So I I come at it from that standpoint because this work of twin flames and soulmates, it's so complex as we've, you know, both been discussing about, you know, the origin of them on a metaphysical level. 
that it's like you can get in, engaged in like a like a debate a theological debate about it and like there are no right or wrong answers but again we're like we're here having this human experience and so it's really important to to understand why it is the labels matter so much to me and matter so much to everyone and what I can honestly say for myself is if someone said to me that person's not your twin flame I honestly wouldn't care because it doesn't matter because the the part that he's played in my journey and continues to play in my life is so impactful for me in a positive way he makes me a better version of myself he pushes me up against all my edges but in the most loving way possible and there's such a deep respect there that I actually don't care what the label is I know it's a twin flame but I also don't care if someone was like no that's definitely a soulmate I'm like cool it doesn't matter do you know what I mean so like I I say this because I think someone listening is going to be like well is it a twin flame or is it not like chill it's okay what you're saying is so spot on because it's always the thing after that that matters like people will yeah people research more information about soulmates or twin twin flames maybe because they're genuinely interested I mean that's Mm. what we're doing right now we're just interested but a lot of times it's it could be because you're looking for permission to either date someone or not date them like if you could finally if you could put the label of twin flame on them like let's just imagine there's someone out there that's like dying to know if their partner right now is a twin flame and they hear this episode and they're relieved that this person is most likely their twin flame because that then gives them permission not to have this forever life with them which will maybe lead to a breakup right so a lot of times Mm. we're really interested in in getting this kind of information and having these labels like soulmate or twin flame to either realize we don't really want to be with someone for our entire lives or realize, oh, like I enjoy putting soulmate as a label on this relationship because it just explains our easygoing friendship, but also full of chemistry kind of dynamic. And it feels really good to me. Like there, there's always a reason why we're looking for some sort of understanding or maybe even we could say a box, like a box to put in our, our relationships. But also it just gives us validation too at times. Like now mm. with my with my twin flame I feel so good being able to understand that's why the fuck all that happened like that's what it was yeah it just brings me ease and like it gives I mean like I said it this gives validation and it gives permission it gives me permission to look at him and be like you are forever important to me you are forever one of my other halves you not one of you if there was anyone in this world Mm. that was another half in some way that is you and it's just the wildest thing like the magnetism and the connection Mm. I cannot see his face without I I hear that all the time with twin flames like I don't I can't even remember what he looks like I know his heart but like I can't remember his face I just know the feeling oh my god no I know his face I for sure know I was gonna say I can't I can't think of his face without having like the heart palpitations on all, all of that. But we had a thing for on and off basically seven years. If I forgot his face, I would need to go to a doctor and get checked out because something's wrong with my brain. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I, I actually know what you're talking about though. And I get that with people that I would more consider to be um, soulmates. Like the relationships that are more easy, breezy, frustrating, they do lead to breakups, whatever, but they're like, they're relaxed and and really friend friendly. I have that same thing where I can't remember the freaking face. It's really it's fascinating. And, or I get their yeah. name mixed up. Like one of my boyfriends was Josh and I forever wanted to call him Justin. For like two months, I couldn't remember his face and I wanted to call him Justin. And I still stand by that. He definitely looks like a Justin. 
the face that I made up in my mind that he looked like. And then my my more recent partner, I think, too, I wanted to call him, um, like, Max or something, and his name is Matt, which is weird. Yeah, it's, it's wild, isn't it? It's just, it's a, a wild experience. It sounds like you've you've met a lot of people who've had such a deep and profound impact on you, and you've done such a beautiful job in compartmentalizing that and understanding and moving forward. So credit to you. You're like, you're like an example of the work that I do. I'm like, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. When you encounter these people, like you do exactly what you've done, and you understand it in the way that you do. So props to you for that. Oh, thank you. Uh, very similar to you, relationships are one of my it's one of my lifebloods in teaching and 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 leading and and it means that you have to walk the talk and be in them doesn't have to have a label but be in relationship with people with friends with lovers and right now I'm going on this journey of of loving without attachments and that may be Mm. a journey most people go on but not always to this extent. Like I'm really learning how to love people, sometimes be physically intimate with them and to create a, a relationship dynamic with people that are that don't need labels, which is mind-blowing to me to not be in a relationship yeah. with someone and still have my heart open with them. And thank God for the teachers I've worked with and tantric leaders and seminars and all the classes I go to because it's not easy work at all. I'm, I come face-to-face with my need for for a label every time I remotely open my heart to someone. But I've, I realized even today, like, wow, I, I'm feeling a lot of progress with this. I'm looking at these people that I know in my life and saying, I love that person. I love this person. Like this person, yeah, I could ha- be a cuddle buddy with them and snuggle with them. And like, I'm able to give love more freely and with sovereignty where I have ownership over my body, my dreams, my being. And the more that I'm doing that, the more, or I would say the less, hungry starving and desperate I feel for marriage for an engagement like Mm. for all those things I'm learning that I can love in any moment whoever I want and it makes it so much easier for me to set boundaries and say no to the people that I don't feel that connection with it's just a Mm. really interesting journey that keeps unfolding every day I don't know if you experience something similar to this in your relationships that's so powerful and I love that you're doing that you know one thing that keeps coming up for for me and in client sessions is that we heal through connection and we don't heal through isolation and yes there are times on the journey early on when we'll go into the dark night of the soul and we'll have to isolate and purge but that's more like you're cleaning out the wound, but the wound's not going to heal there. The wound heals when you're with other people and you either do exactly what you're doing and, and loving without attachment or you're doing something that, that I'm doing at the moment, which is to really reinforce the safety of other people and really taking a leadership role in my relationships and knowing that in many of my relationships, I'm the more conscious person. And it's my role in that relationship to guide the conversations and to resolve conflict and manage conflict. And how many of us were not taught conflict resolution skills in our family home? It was either there was a huge blow up and then the next day people pretended nothing happened or people didn't fight at all. But either way, there wasn't a resolution. And it's actually a lot tougher, but a lot more satisfying to sit down and say, hey, can we have a conversation about this and let's just discuss what we both need and what we both feel and really work it out together, you know, without blame, without demanding, without controlling, but let's have a conversation about how how each of us feels about this. 
and let's talk it through. And that can work in romantic relationships, in friendships, um, in any kind of environment where there's conflict, where your default, my default often was to slam the door, walk away, block them on social media. And now I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Can we have a conversation about it? So what I'm experiencing a lot in my own life, and like I said, with clients as well, is that this healing takes place through connection with other people and not through isolation because through connection we go, oh, other people are safe. I don't have to push myself away from people. I can be in a healthy connection where I'm not engulfed by it, but I'm also not afraid to have vulnerability and intimacy. So that's something that I've been really embodying recently. Mm, I love it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I, mm, it feels yummy. It feels pretty good. It feels expansive because it's not the either or like you're single and you're working on yourself and you're by yourself or you're in relationship and you're working on relationships and you're with other like there is this really and, and, and this is something I've had to give myself permission to do because I don't see many people doing it or at least talking about it where you are not in a committed relationship with someone but you're very much so committed to yourself like I'm in this space where I am my my um my fiance I am engaged to myself I am my lover I am my bestie I'm everything to me and because Mm. that's at the forefront it just it leaves so much room for and I mean this in the most loving way additions like just additions in my life but I'm not relying on anyone like I just have all these beautiful additions and when they're not additions and they're not serving are me and my relationship to myself, then they don't need to be an addition right now. I can salute them and love them from afar, but they're just not an addition in my life. Next addition, mm. I'm, I'm opening up room for the next one. And yes, I'm still very much like, I know this sounds like, um, I know I maybe I don't know what it sounds like. I, I just know that I'm very much like in this space of I am my greatest lover and and it feels really good and also I'm not gonna be cutting off connections from other people. It's not a black and white mm. thing where I now I'm just staying inside and drinking my tea and watching my shows and loving on myself only. I'm doing that, but I'm also like and I'm open to going out with this person and I'm open to a tea date with this person and hanging out and holding hands. Like it just feels I know this probably this is what I'm thinking it sounds like very poly like just like loving everyone but it's like there's this air of of polyness of just like loving multiple people but being sovereign and committed in a deep relationship to myself first it's it's Mm. just very interesting and maybe that's another episode that I have to record yeah yeah it certainly (laughs) sounds like it yeah it's you know what's beautiful though is like what you've realized and this is the kind of the foundation of what I teach although it, perhaps I use different wording but it's it's we have to have a solid relationship with ourselves first because so many of us and I know for myself if I look back to myself in my 20s I have so much compassion for how I was then because I was always looking outside of myself to say who's the person I spend the rest of my life and that person's you we spend the rest of our lives with us no matter what, no matter how long our life is, no matter who's in it, we are with us our whole lives. And so what you're doing is so beautiful in having that that relationship with yourself first and saying, I'm my own fiance, I'm my own lover, my own best friend, because I've got me no matter what. And we can only, I think this is a Mark Hahn quote, actually, I think we talked about him last time, we can only love another as deeply as we love ourselves. And you're doing that and that's going to absolutely enrich all of your relationships in every area so that's absolutely gorgeous Hmm. thank you now i'm wondering do some people never do they never meet their twin flame does does do some people not have twin flames or does everyone have a twin flame 
Mm, well, here's my take on it. And people get really mad at me when I say this. It, it, it's kind of comical. So here's the thing. Not everyone has a twin flame and or not everyone meets a twin flame in this lifetime because it is intense and it takes you out while you're healing from it. And if we had 7 billion people on the planet all meeting their twin flames in this lifetime, it would be a shit show, more of a shit show than it has been in the world in the past few years, if we can believe that. Like it just wouldn't be something that the divine would orchestrate because it just would be too much. Like things would collapse and not in a way of things collapsing to be rebuilt. Like it would just be chaos everywhere. And so we all have a different path. We all, this is what I believe in the in-between worlds. We all look down on earth and we go, let's back to earth. Yes, again, we're going back again. And we're going to learn this, this and this. So let's, if we have a twin flame in this lifetime, let's, let's meet together with them. Let's learn these lessons. You'll do this. I'll say that we'll trigger each other in this way. Cause that will help me to work on this it will help you to work on that and we make an agreement we make a soul contract and we all have our own paths so for some people it might not be necessary to meet a twin flame for me it was right it was really necessary and I honestly would not be doing this work if it wasn't for me having met that man I can say that hand on heart hand on soul no way would I be doing this work if it wasn't for having met him so that's why it had to happen to get me onto the path of my soul's work, not just to heal myself, but to help heal others too and to teach on this. So we don't all need to meet a twin flame and we don't all have a twin flame. It's that whole thing of spiritual diversity. We're all on this path, but our paths look slightly different and they don't have to look the same. And if people hear that and they're like, oh, but what if I don't have a twin flame? It comes back to that same thing. What do you think a twin flame is? What does it mean to you? And let's dig into that. Let's get really curious because mm. a lot of people will, will go, oh, well, if I have a twin flame, that means that I get this great love. And okay, great. What does that mean? And you dig a little deeper and peel back the layers. And what someone might believe is that means I'm worthy. And you're like, that's your work. That is your work. Not finding this person, but really undercovering like why is it you think you're not worthy as you are why is it you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself why are you seeking outside of yourself to find someone to complete you because here's where it gets really wild even if you did have a twin flame that is the exact wound they're going to mirror to you you don't think you're worthy so guess what you're going to meet them and be triggered as all hell until you fix that so it's about what the motivation is what the intention is the meaning that we're assigning to it so not everyone has a twin flame but honestly if you don't <laughs> you've gone off the hook because it is like it's I mean you know because you've experienced it like it is intense mm -hmm. and it is not for the faint of heart it is so intense and if you don't get to go through that then like uh, you've kind of got off the hook a little bit you probably already it did it you already did in your past life you've and you're already like done it you're good you've done it you've ticked that box so you get soulmates and blessings it's amazing um yeah so not everyone has a twin flame but that's okay you know you're not really missing out it's full-on.com yeah yeah and on top of what you were saying twin flames is like the hot thing right now you know it's 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 in instagram all over the place and if you read the comments people are just like i want to find me twin flame twin flame twin. and i think a lot of it too it's like it, it there's just so much if you heard the ice cream truck sorry there's just so much <laughs> emphasis so much emphasis on like this one thing and i think it creates like this um 
comparison also getting online and getting on Instagram and seeing all these other people have these happy relationships, especially the people who think twin flames are just about love and lightness. And Mm -hmm. they're talking about it and it could give you some FOMO. Just like, I'm missing out. I got to go on this quest to find my own twin flame. But like you're saying, I think that's so important. One, probably lucked out. You're saving some brain space because when you find a twin flame, you're probably going to be thinking about them all the time. So now you have all that brain space now to yourself to work on your business, write the blog, do some poetry. Like, yay, more brain space. You're not going to be thinking about them overwhelmingly all day long. Um, And... And yeah, like, what is the reason underneath? Is it because you want to fit in with everyone else finding twin flames? Is it because you want to have this challenging journey and like going down, 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 down? What is that root reason? The worthiness, the wanting to be seen, wanting to be loved, wanting to feel intensity. Like it could be so many different reasons, but that's that's truly important because when uh, when we get to the bottom of it, what we're all really craving is love and connection. And the amazing thing is like I'm sharing here, like you share, you don't need a twin flame to have that. In fact, you probably feel closer mm-hmm. with it, with your best girlfriend or with your um, family member that you just adore and love on or the person that you're seeing or your first date with someone. Like you can experience connection. Does not need this kind of twin flame energy at any time it's really powerful once you start to tap into that you just said that so beautifully i mean i could i could like because finish it there and you could drop the mic but you know you know what i would say as well is that um we are compatible with so many people and this obsession with find your twin flame manifest your twin flame I mean, manifest your twin flame is no. a whole other thing i mean i could go on a tangent about that But the whole thing is like we're compatible with so many people and it's so dangerous for people to be thinking there's one person that I can be with and that's the only person in the world that's going to make me happy and that I'm compatible with. So what if you meet that person or you believe you've met that person and they start treating you like shit? You're going to be like, oh, well, it's okay because he's my twin flame and he's the only one. Like it's so dangerous. We've got to be so careful to really use our discernment when we're hearing this information we like put it through your filter and be oh, like does this make sense you know right because I was just I was thinking like and I always like to make this very clear when I do podcasts around relationships and doing the work like once abuse is present you leave once abuse is present you leave yeah, and when yeah. you leave it's the scariest time normally it could be the most dangerous time so create a team to help you ease out of it but also I was just thinking like side note yeah people could use this twin flame thing of like oh he talks you know he talks down to me and he talks mean to me or he does these things but he's my twin flame and this is why we're here to come together and I just need to keep like sitting in the triggers like no 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 if there is any any abuse present or making you feel less than that's not what twin flames are they aren't here Mm. to make you feel terrible they are magnetizing to you and they are beautiful and there is love that's present and there's also triggers because you kind of feed off each other and it's but it's still a good relationship you should still walk away from your twin flame relationship or be in your twin flame relationship and feel loved and feel love and feel safe well you know in your in your case there was some safety things coming up there around um him not showing up but there was there still emotional safety for the most part Yes, absolutely. And and I think more than anything, there's a deep respect between us even now. Like, you know, obviously, I, I'm not with him in a relationship. And so I could very well be on this podcast going, let me tell you all the juicy details about him. And I'm not doing that. And I really want people to, I think that's probably a bigger message than any word that I'm saying is the fact that I'm not, you know, spilling the tea all about him. And I could and I'm not doing that because I respect him and because there's still a lot of love. 
the very essence of Twin Flames, even though there was so much triggering and, you know, he disappeared. And then I wasn't a saint either. Let's be really honest about that. I also said some things, did some things. Um, but the the intention was never to hurt one another. The intention was we always really cared about each other, but underneath it, there was a lot of triggers and the triggers made us do some pretty um, hurtful things, but it was never, the intention was never to hurt the other person. It was just like, I'm acting out of my triggers right now and I don't know how to handle this, but I, I actually would never hurt you. And the thought of hurting you is devastating to me. And that's really what the twin flame journey is about. Like, even if you hurt each other, when you realize you've hurt them, it, it's like you've hurt yourself. It's like so deeply upsetting. If you're like, I can't believe I that that hurt you in the way that it did. I'm so sorry because there's so much love and so much respect there. So mm. I, I really want people to get that. Like it's not an abusive thing. Right. It's so much love there and there is triggering. But like when you, when they come to you and they're like, I had no idea how much I put you through. I'm so, so sorry. And I'm so devastated that you went through that. There's so much love there and it's not, they would never intentionally hurt you ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with 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 him, my twin flame. There is so much on my part. My heart is so protective over him. Um, and I remember, like he said, he, me, and him triggered a lot of sexual wounds of me coming from this conservative Christian background and him having a body image stuff. And like we triggered each other so much. His body image stuff onto me my sexual wounds and shame on, onto him and like blah, 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 for seven years on and off but like we can't stop wanting each other thinking we're gonna be together forever like just madness he wrote a rap for me all about like from he wrote something like um from Arkansas that's where we oh I'm just just a long story but anyways he wrote this rap for me he ended up moving to where I lived like just we keep finding each other like in in each other's lives and about two years ago I guess now we officially came to an agreement of a close of that but even still the love is so present and and mm. there's just so much love and I want him to always be in healthy happy relationships and I remember when we were together if he ever hurt me he had tears in his eyes yeah he's the only human being in my life ever that had tears in his eyes when he hurt me. I've never seen that yeah. from family, from other part, no one. He cared, he was, he was me. Like it's so, I just got goosebumps just where he yeah. is because he felt hurt whenever he hurt me. Like he literally was feeling it in his body. Mm. I, I've got tears in my eyes as you're telling yeah. me that. That's like that, I feel that so deeply. Like that's the essence of twin flames. There's so much love there. And yes, there's craziness and triggers, but like th there's there's such a foundation of love, and I really want people to take that away with them. Really understand that. Mm, me too. Wow, this was so meant to be. This is such a good interview. Mm. Um, where can people connect with you uh, online if they want to learn more about you? Yeah, if you want to learn more about this whole love thing, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My handles there is Cheryl J. Muir, and my website is CherylMuir.com. And probably the best place to find me online that I'm most active is Instagram, I would say. So that's probably the best place to find me. Of course, the gram. <laughs> it's my favorite place The gram. <laughs> the best. Okay, are you ready for the divine deep dive round? Let's do it. All right, whatever comes up for you first. Okay. What is one non-negotiable in your morning routine? Time with myself. 
besides yourself, who is one of your number one teachers? Robert Holden, one of my favorite teachers. What do you want to be praised for more than anything? Honesty. What is one must-read book? Oh, Lovability by Robert Holden. If you could live anywhere in the world besides your current home, where would it be? Oh, Italy. What's your favorite form of movement right now? High-intensity interval training at the gym with lots of weights. If your sex life was an animal, what <laughs> animal would it be? <laughs> some kind of kinky little mam- mammal of some variety. Kinky I don't know what mammal that would be. A kinky little mammal, yes. Like, a t- like when you say little, you mean like little, like a tiny bunny? Like a kinky bunny or like something bigger? I was thinking more like a honey badger. Do you remember them? Oh, yes. Badger, badger, yeah, badger. Yeah, something yes. of, of that. Yeah. Oh. Crossed with like a scorpion to like represent my oh, Scorpio my energy. God. Yeah. Okay. It's wow. a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Every, I love it. Everyone just learned a little bit more about Cheryl. It's such a great question. That should be my opener. Like, boom, right off the bat, give us all you got. That's your opening gambit for sure. Um. Okay. Two more questions. If you had to get rid of one thing in your life, it could be an item or a belief, what would it be? Self-doubt. And the very last question is, what quote or mantra really lights your soul up? Oh, I am lovable right now exactly as I am. Mm, yes you are i am you yeah. all are y'all are beautiful cheryl thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and like we uh assumed this one was even deeper even juicier and it all worked out exactly as it needed to be and i'm so excited for everyone to listen to this and connect with you because i know many people that are interested in learning more about relationships are going to be coming straight at you Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Thank you. Everyone go to maddiemoon.com forward slash Cheryl dash Muir to get the show notes for this episode and the links that we mentioned and let us know what your thoughts are on this show. Have you met a twin flame? Are you in a relationship with a twin flame or possibly a soulmate? Go to Instagram where we both are very active and please let us know. Send in your messages, your questions or comment on the photo for Cheryl's episode. And yes, we can't wait to see you for another episode next Wednesday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.